Southeast High. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler. And today we're talking about Minute 72 of High School Musical 2. Minute 72 starts out with Troy saying, I didn't go looking for the Red Hawks, and ends with Sharpay running down the stage to Troy. Troy really channels his inner protagonist here. It's literally a quote from Harry Potter. I don't go looking for trouble. Trouble usually finds me. Uh, Yeah. Which I don't know if that's a... It must be a quote from the book. I remember it from when we played the Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban video game on our home computer. Yes. Because that was the opening clip scene of the movie. That's right. On the train. Yeah. Yep. But I think it is also in the movies, too. Okay. Speaking of Daniel Radcliffe, did you see him in the trailer for the Weird Al movie? I'm so excited. Weird Al was talking, like, Weird Al, IRL, was talking about the movie quite a bit at the show the other night and mentioned that he wrote a new song for the movie, and I am so excited. I get to see him two more times this weekend. Wow-wee, okay. 14 by the end of it. The point... (laughs) that Troy is making is that he did not like choose to get recruited. Yeah, he's not in charge of his own destiny here. These things happen to him and he's just riding the wave. Isn't that something his dad said? Yeah. To ride the wave? Yeah. He's taking his dad's advice. Yeah. And it's so funny because his dad's advice in in the previous movie was if your friends friends. aren't going to support you and who you really are, then they're not your friends. And that was the advice that Chad and and everyone else had to take and Troy had to figure out in the last movie. It was like, mm-hmm. my friends are going to support me. We're all in this together. Blah, 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 blah. High School Musical 1. And now we're here in High School Musical 2. And like the most literal thing that Chad should be excited about. Literally, my, fr- my friend, <laughs> my best friend since preschool is getting recruited into a local school that's really good and it's for basketball. Like, he should be elated. And I understand how in this scenario, Chad is theoretically jealous. Mm-hmm. I don't think that comes across in this minute. No. I don't, th- as we said in the last minute, this movie in a way is about the complexities of how teenagers feel in their relationships between each other. But the writing doesn't convey that and it doesn't give us a chance to meditate on that. No. It's kind of like a metatextual thing that we have to talk about as people who are analyzing this movie one minute at a time. If anything, this scene in particular and this minute overall demonstrates how poorly the writers do with people of color because they are just playing with the angry black stereotype in this minute. And that's all that chat has been reduced to yet again. The jealousy came out in the last movie really well because he brought up the silly example of, like, my mom has the the Phantom of the Opera in his fridge. (laughs) Like, I don't want to be I don't want you to be like that. And I'm concerned for you. And I'm jealous that you're finding this new path that I'm not included into. And like, we got that. But here he's just like mad that he's in a different position. And he's like golfing when Troy has demonstrated that he is skilled at golfing. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Did you ever see 22 Jump Street? Once. Okay. So in 21 Jump Street, 
you have the Channing Tatum character as like the sporty athletic one who's not mm-hmm. very smart. And then you have the Jonah Hill character who's the smart one. Yeah. And at the beginning of the movie, they get switched roles in their secret high school identities mm-hmm. so that Channing Tatum has to fit in with the nerdy kids and Jonah Hill has to fit in with the cool kids. Obviously, yeah. there's a reverse of how they were actually in high school, too. Mm-hmm. And in a way, that's kind of how the first high school musical plays out, right? We have this we have this character who's entering a new sphere and finding how they fit and finding out that they really can belong in an aspect of the high school environment that they didn't see themselves in previously. Mm-hmm. What 22 Jump Street does is it reverses the characters back to where they originally were, but but in a way that is still delivering on the premise because Channing Tatum, he started fitting in with the nerdy kids, but in 22 Jump Street, when they're in college, he's like playing on the college football team and he's doing like the jock bro stuff again. Mm-hmm. And Jonah Hill is fitting in with the outcasts and the nerd, the more nerdy, I guess not nerdy in the college setting, but more like artsy type folks. And so it like reverses the character. So now they're mad at each other for what they were mad about each other, like, in the original premise of, like, the first five minutes of the first movie, mm-hmm. where, like, one of them was cool and one of them was a loser. And, like, we've done the double reverse. That's that's because 22 Jump Street is a parody. It's a satire. It's a comedy. This movie presents us with Chad being mad at his friend for being good at basketball. <laughs> Which they don't want to say. He's like, well, I didn't say it. And I'm like, guys, y'all are mad. I get it. You just get mad sometimes. You're just so hangry all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, what happens is Troy is saying, like, I didn't choose this. This is happening to me. Troy says, don't say that you wouldn't have done the same thing if. And then Chad butts in with, if I was as good as you, which is clearly not what Troy was about to say. Troy was about to say, if if these same opportunities had been given to you, if these same privileges had been given to you. But. And we've loosely talked about this a couple times. Would Chad have gotten these same opportunities? Is there a race and socioeconomic thing that the movie is not good at exploring either of those things other than just playing on race very badly? But is that inherent? Like, Troy, is Chad mad to some extent? Because Chad does have skills and is uh, the secondary captain or what have you. But... Troy has that little edge that everyone likes him and he's the golden boy, but like he's handsome and he's the son of the coach. I think that like in a, in, in like a, in a way that like the quarterback effect has literally been studied where like handsome men are more likely to be the quarterback just like cause leadership. I, the movie definitely doesn't think is a race thing. There's stuff to be said about like stereotypes of young black men as athletes especially in predominantly white institutions where like they get assumed to be better at sports than they than they actually are. So like there could even be the reverse of that where Chad is given more credit depending on the scenario. But yeah, it's I don't know. It's kind of interesting to think like really Troy is slightly better. He's the son of the coach. Chad wants to be included and isn't getting recruited. And that's the conflict. So I, I don't mean to erase the race thing. I just like the movie. It's, it's do, not there's not enough material there. in the movie for us to actually talk about it. Yeah. So. But it was something that I thought about. And then I was like, is that tied in? Is 
because we've speculated that Vance is secretly evil, and it's like, <laughs> is that involved? Vance is evil, but Vince for maintenance is good. <laughs> good. I know. Adding that one change, I'm like really confused now. And then Chad throwing back at him, we didn't vote you captain because of your jump shot. We voted you captain because you know what's up. And then it's like, okay, Chad, if Troy knows what's up, then why are you acting like this? Trust him. He does know what's up. Listen to him. Listen to his perspective. That's what good leaders do. And like Troy is like, I show up to work, same as you. And it's like, that's not wrong. Troy is having to like they were all making fun of him because he has to teach Sharpay how to play golf and like caddy for her and stuff and like hang out with her all the time and it's like you don't want to do that Chad yeah I can't emphasize enough Troy literally didn't say what Chad is accusing him of saying like yeah no he didn't not at all and (laughs) Chad just escalates to a level that everyone is eating up like yeah. they are Everyone in the background staring and watching is very funny. Yeah, they're they're the theater in the round right now. Get in <laughs> getting all the views on Chad just being jealous again, which makes no sense. I'm gonna drop a clip of Black Crow's jealous again right here. it's just chad already went through this chad was jealous of troy because he found a new friend and (laughs) found another hobby and oh my gosh troy became multi-dimensional and chad sort of became multi-dimensional because he also found a new friend and a new a new person to to spend his time with as well as find opportunities that they can share camaraderie that's not just in a basketball court although they mostly happen in a basketball court. Why Chad has reverted to this, I'm angry because you're my my friend from preschool and we can't spend time together because you're being recruited for college is so dumb. The writers... The recruiters (laughs) should have showed up to the baseball game yesterday because that was where the heat was at. Yeah. (laughs) And it's interesting to tie into that, like, that that Chad and Ryan relationship too, because Chad could be enjoying his potential new budding friendship with Ryan. Yeah. He doesn't and, need to be in the kitchen right now yelling at Troy. Yeah. Or like, and, and, but maybe he's confused about that. Wherein like he feels badly because he thinks he might want to be friends with Ryan, but he's been friends with Troy since preschool. And so he's lashing out because he doesn't understand the social changes that are going on. In you his can life. have more than one friend. Yeah. Which again is regression from the previous movie still, but. But I would assume Chad knows that. I mean, all of his friends we've seen are related to basketball in some way, but he is saw Troy find all these friends and he's accepted Kelsey and Taylor and Martha and Gabriella. Like, him being yeah. conflicted doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's a journey we went through in the previous movie, but now that it's about something that he cares about, now that it's about basketball, it's like he learned how to accept a, a new sphere in his life, but now this old, like, you can't run away from your past. Like, his tr- his true deep insecurity, perhaps, is that he's never actually been as good at Troy at basketball. and. Yeah. Now that's coming to fruition. Again, the movie doesn't even claim to think that it's about that. 
And I guess we can maybe return to this concept of, are we supposed to be on Chad's side here? I don't see why we would, though. Like, if you were 10 watching this for the first time, are you, like, who, like, are you just, like, supposed to feel bad for both of them? Like, I I think, yeah, you're supposed to feel like, oh, man, their friendship is breaking up because of the basketball and the baseball and, like... I, I think there's some inherent, like, oh, no, they're drifting apart, and they don't want to be drift, like, they don't want to be drifting apart, so they're going to lash out, which isn't healthy. It feels like the end of the second act of a rom-com, where they have to have a fight in order to set them apart so there can be a big magical reunion at the end. Which is what you said about the end of Act 1 of High School Musical. When all the fights were happening then, you're like, wait a second, we still have a lot left. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I, and I think, I think you're right. I, I agree that the movie, at the very least, isn't asking us to take one of their sides here. It's asking us to consider how... Sometimes things just blow up between friends and Troy did some things that were sucky and Chad isn't responding in a good way. I just don't think it's given enough of the setup of like justifying each of these characters emotions. Yeah, there's no satisfaction to an emotional journey here. We're not seeing it. And it doesn't feel like, oh, like if only you could say this one thing, because I don't know what either of them would say to each other and not in a good way where it's like there's no there's no easy solution to this problem like it's gonna be hard like it's it seems like there should be an easy solution because it's a simple miscommunication but also the movie hasn't actually give done the done the groundwork and so it's making it more complicated than it needs to be i would love for try to just be like hold up hold up hold up time out time out time out i don't think we're communicating well here i think something fell away that maybe I miss said something or you misheard something. Let's just sit and talk. <laughs> Let's get Jack Bolton as a mediator. Yeah. And that's what they need. They need an adult presence in their life. So, like they Honestly, need a- Jack would make so much although Jack's a little dicey because he was like spurring Troy on, but we did speculate if any of the other basketball boys were to have come to tro- uh, to Jack with this situation, he'd have been like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, well, it just seems like if Jack was there, Jack would say, Chad, you just said he's been your friend since preschool. Aren't you proud to see what he's grown into? And can't you be happy for your friend? Just like me and my family have always been there for you and been happy and proud to support your accomplishments. Do you think if you were in the same situation that Troy was in. We wouldn't be cheering you on every step of the way. And then adding the thing like, hey, if recruiters are going to be at our games, they're going to watch you as well as Troy. Like, Yeah. Like, dude, it just takes one to get them in the door. Speaking of adult intervention. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Fulton. Fulton a comes plus, in. man. Not even see Fulton, though. That's the thing. Like, it's just a voice, disembodied <laughs> voice of Fulton. <laughs> well, he's a voice actor. Um, <laughs> he is saying chop chop. Yeah, you get no paid f- to work, not to not- play Doctor Phil. <laughs> Great reference, High School Musical two. This one aged beautifully. <laughs> yeah, I did want to say that um, for all of our anger at the uh, the portrayal of Chad by the writers, 
Corbin Blue is doing a very good job. Oh in my this god, scene. I a hundred percent believe the anger and frustration. You can Corbin see Corbin is so good. You can see like that shaking of his body that mm-hmm. that happens when you're mad, where you're like you like you just feel the anger flow through you. <laughs> <laughs> is he becoming part of the dark side? Um, yeah, he's now Darth Chad. <laughs> Which is definitely a meme <laughs> that exists in a different context. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh God, Darth Chad! There, there Darth you go. Darth Chad and the Virgin Jedi. Yeah, there, there's the title. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's interesting to see Zac Efron almost get outacted in a scene because in every other scene in both of these movies, he's clearly been the star. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Corbin Blue does such a fantastic job, and Zac Efron meets him, but Corbin is just taking it up a notch that we don't normally see. Now, for for one, to be fair, it's because he's the one who's doing the angry yelling, and Troy's a little bit on the defensive. Like, I don't know. It's the kind of that thing of like, ah, yes, we give Oscars to the guy who screamed the best. Like, yeah. But no, he's but, doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> And actually working with what he's being given, which is so rare for him to actually like have that moment. Yeah, they gave all the lines to Chad, but none to Gabriella. Yeah. Like, why can't we have Gabriella have a blow up? Yeah, why can't a woman be angry? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the reason. But uh, yeah, it would be interesting. And not it- to have her sing a sad song in a stairwell, but for her to get her version of bed on it or whatever. Yo. <laughs> and this is the weird thing of like we're like men are allowed to feel anger as a way to express their emotions, but not sadness. Like I would want to see Troy's version of the crying song and Gabriella's version of the angry song. Just because it's a mixture it's a reversal of the gender roles, but yeah. It would be interesting. It would be. Although I wonder, I think a crying song for Troy would match his personality to some extent. An anger song for Gabriella, we just haven't seen that. Yeah, we haven't seen that out of her. (laughs) I mean, we've seen the anger out of Chad. Yeah. What if Chad? But he wouldn't get his own song. No. He has to have at least a duet. Um, I mean, yeah. Anything else to say about this confrontation? I feel like we kind of laid it all out here. Yeah, we we laid it on the line. Kelsey's kind of wearing this tank top with orange capris, um, capri pants, but it, she's wearing like a white top, and it like it just like looks like the top half of a wedding dress. Um, I own a couple shirts like this, Tyler. They're just like your standard white blouse right. with a like in a tank top. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's hard. To, it's hard to see because she's standing in the background. Okay. I got I... dress vibes. You didn't. Let's call the whole thing off. I don't really care. <laughs> Okay. Um, we cut at the end of the minute. We cut away from this confrontation, which has been ended by Fulton, to the evening. Yeah, time has passed. We get a setting, sh- uh, an establishing shot of the country club at night. Yeah, <laughs> the freaks come out at night. Mrs. Evans is talking about what table settings to have on this kind of banquet table. When they have all the flowers, she's like, "No." not all the flowers how about yeah, none I was of confused. the flowers it's like is she choosing like here are the three options 
which one do you want? And they'll be on like that one will be on all the tables. But it seems like they put a bunch of flowers on one table and she said, I like how about if there were no flowers on the table? Yeah, I get more that vibe like Sharpay <laughs> went around and decorated everything like the chairs are wrapped in like paper and have bows on them and like everything's a little garish. And there are these paper <laughs> lanterns on the tables as well and this like candle and then flowers and I get the vibe that Mrs. Evans is like a high end interior designer. I like the idea of her being like a not a complete minimalist, but at least a sort of modernist. Yeah. Where that has like things very stripped down and like very basic, like I and, mean, and well, that and that see that would add up with her sort of like, you know Yoga yoga, Buddhism trend of like dress. Yeah. Her, her getting things down in, to the bare essentials, very yeah. Marie Kondo. So I, I I was getting the vibe. I'm like, ooh, what if she was like a high end interior designer? Not because she needs to be, but because of her status, and it gives her something to do. Yeah, but it's really just like, oh, we're getting into the next scene. I have no idea what this next scene is going to be. <laughs> you don't want to guess? Is it the talent show already? No. Okay, so it's just a a, a dinner. For is it like someone's birthday? Like, I don't know, man. Like, what? Like, it's well, another like, and then like, what? What? Do yeah. you, what is the next thing that this is building to? Well, you were right in that the setting is just they're just getting ready, but but they're not getting ready for the talent show. Is it like a banquet for Troy? Like, what? No. this doesn't make sense. No, it's not. Well. We're not in the talent show right now, but we see them getting ready for the talent show, which is not to come for a while still, but they're, so is they're it like planning. like dress rehearsal for the talent show? I can't say much, Tyler. Okay, whatever, whatever. It's, yeah. Um, but I did want to point out, too, Martha is in the background helping Mrs. Evans and Taylor, and Martha's wearing her kitchen clothes still. <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes you need to bring some stuff out to the tables and... You know, food. That's the whole point. Yeah. This is not a food setting. This is not a food setting. That was a, this is not a love song. Oh. But this is not a food setting. This love has taken its toll. Um, do you want Do you want to just list, do you, yeah, do you want to just list other song titles or do you want to move on to the Decom of the Week segment? <laughs> no. Well, no, I say fabulous because Mrs. Evans ends her declutter with fabulous. And it's like, <laughs> ah, we see where but, Sharpay gets it from. But for Mrs. Evans, fabulous is not bigger and better. No. It's, it's reasonable. It's decent. It's, it's elegant. It's elegant. It's refined. It's what we actually want to see, Sharpay. <laughs> but, you know, Sharp, like when you're a teenager, like you, you make bold choices and then you settle into something. So, although I would love to see Sharpay's, I, we've talked about it. We've talked about goth Ryan. But goth Ryan. If, if, if Sharpay went, had a goth phase, like what, go, what bold choices would she be making? Oh, she'd be full Mycene. Although I bet she'd also get like a septum piercing. Yeah, she can make it work. Yeah. That sort of like pink and black version, yeah. Yeah. Ne like you said, scene. It was like you have neons in addition, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I thought of that. <laughs> Sharpay, like Sharpay, doesn't rebel against her parents in the same way that most teens rebel 
No. Because her parents just give her what she wants. Yeah. She's more the rebel that, like, like oh, I just spend all the money to make them notice me kind of thing. Like, that weird stereotype that exists of, like, that rich girl who's lonely. Yeah. But not actually in this case. Sharpay is not that. Yeah. Sharpay's not even in this minute. She, like, pops up at the very end. She says, She's hi, like, Troy. Troy. Yeah. And that's it. So yeah. <laughs> we can move on. Decom of the week. Okay, so, Condra. Tyler, what do you got? Speaking of speaking of refined and elegant, um, <laughs> I wrote a Mad Lib. Yes. The most refined form of humor. Indeed. Um, okay. I'm not going to tell you what the concept is because I think the concept is fun and part of the surprise. Okay. So... Um, I'm going to list a bunch of like parts of speech and categories. Connor's going to give me them. And then I'll read through the script that I have written, which is a fake trailer for a fake decom that Condor will have fleshed out some of the details on. And then I'll, at the end, I read it out and it's very funny. You guys probably know what the Mad Lib is if you're listening to this. And Tyler will then paste it at the end in the description so you can do your own version. Yes, precisely. Okay, Condor, I need an adjective. Pearly. What? Pearly. Pearly. I love that. Okay. I, I was hoping it would be an adjective that ended in a Y. So that's perfect. Great. Um, a cool place to hang out. The library. Thank God. I was hoping. <laughs> um, a, a synonym for a group of people. A cluster? <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, any number. 42. Um, something hot. T. A word that starts with F. Frog. Okay. Uh, a spice or herb. Time. A synonym for a loser. Like if you were going to call someone. Oh. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there maybe one that's more evocative? I don't mean to. I don't mean to. No, that's fine. You. I was just. I, I said nerd questioningly, so that's fine. Yellow belly? I, okay. <laughs> sure. Just because I don't want I don't want to steer this too hard. Um animal. <laughs> I was gonna say frog. <laughs> <laughs> it could be frog. Do you want it to be frog? No. no. <laughs> Sorry. A cat? Okay, great. Uh, a, a negative <laughs> adjective. Disgusting. Okay. Um, an instrument. An oboe. Lovely. And a dance. Jig. <laughs> okay. Just a jig. Got it. <laughs> an exclamation. Wowee. Lovely. Uh, a local event or a local, like, a local place. The Halloween parade? Yeah, perfect. Um, an unusual thing to carry with you. Oh, my brain. My brain is so broken. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my first thought was a bank safe. So that's how my brain is broken. <laughs> a safe? A safe. <laughs> do, do you want to do, do it like a lockbox? A lockbox, yeah. 
Um, a specific place, like not like Atlanta, like like a a thing, like a like a building or like a, a venue or something. a post office, like like a specific one, like like a specific. Okay, um, Grand Central Station. Lovely. Um, uh, an SNL cast member, fr- but like from fifteen years ago. Tina Fey gonna make the voice i do very not appropriate <laughs> uh, a famous boy from 2006 um michael what's his name is it michael musso mitchell musso mitchell. yeah no he's he's the one i was thinking too great <laughs> um all right got it that's everything ready awesome i'm already crying laughing so it's just <laughs> gonna go downhill for all right folks. uh this one's about members of um some boy bands Ooh. Face it, Pearly. You're the least popular member of the library cluster. It's time for you to start thinking about a new gig. When life's got you down, we took a vote and it's 42 to 1. You're not a tea boy anymore. <laughs> and you don't know where to turn. What the frog do you mean I'm not on the list? I'm in the band. Says here that there are only four time girls, not five. There's always a way forward. Picture it, kids. You three yellow bellies in one band. The paps are going to lose it. Everyone loves an undercat story. Don't you mean an underdog story? Hey, don't get disgusting, kid. That's why they canned you in the first place. The three teens look at each other and smile. Let's do this. Cut to the three of them on stage. One of them singing a harmony line. One of them playing an oboe and the other dancing a jig. Wowee, this might be tougher than I thought. When you start at the bottom, our first gig is a Halloween parade. The only way you can go, they loved you. Can you sign my lockbox? Is up. You're telling me those clowns sold out Grand Central Station? With Tina Fey. Face it, Pearly. You're the most popular member of the Yellow Bellies. It's time to start thinking about going solo. And starring Mitchell Musso. I would never stoop so low. The world will cheer for the Yellow Bellies. (laughs) So I came up with this idea a while ago of... um, it was actually a, a proposition I had for a D&D campaign where all of the members of the party were had been kicked out of their previous boy band and they had to form a boy band of all the boys who had been kicked out of other boy bands. I don't know why. And then I thought that sounds like a decom segment too. Sorry, I'm actually like multiple tears. <laughs> I'm going to control it. Okay, that just got me. My brain was already broken, and then the yellow bellies. (laughs) So a couple highlights here, things I liked. First off, the name of the first boy band is the Library Cluster. Yes. (laughs) Um, The the British boy band, the the (laughs) T-Boys... Adorable. Perfect. Well, they used to have 43 members. Now they're down to 42. Um, (laughs) I didn't catch that. I think I was and still then, laughing and, about T-Boys. And then the the girl group, the, the third person was supposed to be the girl, the girl group. She was in the Time Girls because I just wanted to do 
Spice Girls, but a specific Spice. Ah, uh, uh, I get it. I get it. I gotcha. <laughs> and she said, what the frog? Um, because it's a kid's movie and they have those fun euphemisms. So, yeah. And then later on when it was Animal, it was set up for the manager to say everyone loves an underdog story, but he doesn't say the word dog. He says another animal. <laughs> and it was cat. <laughs> but you said cat. But I was like, under frog would have been so good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Halloween Parade, perfect. Grand Central Station, perfect. <laughs> um, and then Tina Fey. But I had already decided I was going to do like the New York voice Oh, for the manager. So She has a New York voice, though. It's just different than your New York voice. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, the Yellow Bellies being the name of the, of the band, which feels problematic yep. <laughs> to an extent. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that was that was the uh, boy band idea. <laughs> I I loved it. Um, my eyes are still watery. I'm gonna have to definitely go blot after this. I I'm genuinely confused as to how this concept hasn't been done. Has it? Ah, uh, I think I've read it in like book like I've as I've been looking for books lately because there's like this rise in like K-pop books that like I feel yeah, like I've come across like- it in books. Yeah, I guess, like, it's happened in, like, other, like, genres of thing. Like, we get all the worst. Like, it's like the Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we get these rejects, but together they make something that's greater than the sum of their parts. Yeah. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe in, like, a like a manga-type setting. Yeah, that's this something that should be explored if it hasn't already. Yeah, I think basic. I, I have not watched or read Haikyuu. It's on my list, but I get that vibe from that. Okay. Um, yeah. So okay. the 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 Yellow Bellies, everyone's favorite boy band, that's made up of two boys and a girl. <laughs> um, Pop another group. conflict that we don't get a lot in boy band stuff is what if what there was a the girl, girl of the boy band? <laughs> we do get that. Oh, there's kind of the reverse of that in the Pitch Perfect movies, because Britney Snow's character loses like has to have a larynx surgery and like makes her the lower range which is why they've not won things is because oh well you can't hit the low notes but then they can so now they can hit the high notes wow love pitch perfect great i tolerate the first pitch perfect (laughs) i don't like the second one and i have not bothered with the third one so um, I just don't like scenes where everyone vomits. That's gross. Yeah. I, well, yes, that too. I just, I <laughs> uh, just watch the song parts. I just go on YouTube and I just yeah, pull up all the song good. moments from. The, the songs are good. A- Acapella is a little pretentious, but yeah. whatever. Anyway, right. uh, let's wrap this up, Condra. Okay. So people can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know if you know any examples of the boy band thing that I pitched here. Special thanks to our artist Theo Golden at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. I've been Condra. And I've been Tyler, and we'll see you next time to find out what the heck is happening at Mrs. Evans' banquet. You can bet on it.